0: To Mike.
1: Hey, Tomas. How are you, sir?
0: I'm doing all right. You, you beat me to it. Hey, Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, I nah, never
1: I never used this before. It's first Don't time. Don't worry I...
0: about it. Don't worry about it. You're good. Uh, so microphone <laughs> sounds good. I hear you loud and clear. Hey, Russell. So I just need you to do uh, one quick thing. So yep. click on my face and make me a moderator.
1: Click. Uh, make moderator.
0: There you go. All right, sounds nice. good. I'll I'll handle everything else from there. You just uh, you just be great and be awesome. So, <laughs> thanks for uh, thanks to everybody who are, who's just making their way in. We'll get started
2: promptly at eight
0: p.m. Eastern time. Russell, quick microphone check for you, sir.
2: Tomas, good evening, Mike. I'm so excited to hear for and learn from you this evening.
1: Hey, Russell, how are you?
2: Oh, I'm living the dream. Absolutely living the dream. Nice, awesome.
0: So I'm just doing some quick logistics in the background. Uh, don't mind me. I'm trying to get the, uh, the little links going. Uh, what are we here to talk about? Let's see. We're going to do some networking today, talk about some leadership. Uh, really interested in, uh, in hearing about you, Mike, and, and your background. So right. this should be fun um, and open dialogue. Oh, who's, who wants to pop up on stage already? Oh, nobody. Okay, thought I saw a hand raised there. So we'll we'll open up for questions and people to jump up on stage about thirty to forty-five minutes or so. So if uh, if you could just hang tight. Yeah, no problem. Until we uh, get to it. Oh, that was for uh, that was for the audience, Mike. But uh, <laughs> yeah. no worries, no worries. You um, know,
2: Tomas I've learned that you know the room uh, orchestrator, I think, is a name. It uh, works really well, but if you schedule a room, you can't. Do all that stuff before the room starts. I know you're setting up the room, getting everything going, uh, and hopefully a future clubhouse update will let you do some setup before uh, actually having to go live for scheduled rooms.
0: I I agree with you, Russell. It would actually be so much easier uh, if that was a lot, if that was uh, able to be done,
2: because yep. then
0: we could just jump right in and have a conversation. I don't got to spend time adding a link so people yep. know who is Mike. They want to look them up on LinkedIn or even the topics or anything like that. Um, so all that stuff is do, done. Uh, what I do want to do is turn on, which is that new feature, yeah. turn on chat. Let's, let's, uh, let me get to that. Hang on. Where is that option? Ooh, there it is. Allow them chat. Oh, they have show show captions. That's interesting. Let's see how that works.
2: Yeah.
0: Wow. Uh making some changes here all right Ryan, uh you let ryan up yeah we'll hold we'll, we'll it up wanted, for two, two uh, minutes, um,
3: ryan. hey i just wanted to say i've been using captions for like the last week or two. they're a game changer so um totally recommend them i just heard you say oh look at the captions i also saw that you can clip stuff i don't know if anyone's ever done that um i probably would want to clip all of it but apparently you can clip like 30 seconds of someone quoting so Just wanted to share that. But yeah, definitely recommend the captions.
0: Yeah, I like the captions. Now, when I turn that on, I guess it turns it on for everybody, right? It's not just me.
3: I don't think so because I've been using it. I used it last week and I'm pretty sure I used it the week before. And I also used it with Russell uh, yesterday and last week as well.
0: It is an interesting thing. When I talk, I don't actually see the captions. But when other people talk, I see their captions. So that is great. I don't have to read myself. I don't have to read what I'm saying. It's awesome. But it'd be nice <laughs> to know if it, if it caught me correctly. Hey, Lisa Beth, awesome. how are you?
4: Hey, hey, how are you this evening?
0: Doing all right. So right, I'm just going to move you back down because we're going to get started. But I do appreciate you being here. And uh, I'm sure you'll pop up on stage to ask a question shortly. Katie, microphone check for
5: you. How are you? Hi, good evening. I'm good. Awesome.
0: And the captions seem to pick that up and it works. The only thing it it overlays on people. So you got to kind of scroll up and down. Anyways, uh, sorry that I'm feel like a clubhouse newbie, but there's just a lot of new features that are being added to this app, which is uh, pretty awesome. Pretty exciting. So. If it's the first time you've joined us this evening, it is 8 p.m. Eastern Time, so we'll get started promptly. Uh, if it's the first time you've joined us this weekend, this is our weekly fireside chat. Uh, hmm. I don't know why I just drew a blank, but this is our weekly fireside chat. Hey, Ania, good to see you, uh, Hussein. And we we do this every weekday, every Wednesday between 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 9:30 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, we'll ask our guest, questions for about 30 to 45 minutes or so, and then we'll open up for the audience to sort of pop up on stage and ask questions. So we ask you to just hang tight, bear with us as we get through the sort of uh, the meat of the, of the uh, conversation, and then we'll open up and let you uh, pop up on stage and join the conversation. But we do have, ch- uh, we do have room chat enabled, so if you do want to sort of have a conversation uh, in that sort of, I- I'll call it back channel, but it's not really a back channel, that front channel, if you will, through that room chat, feel free to uh, type in there. You can ask questions in there as well. If you don't want to pop up on stage, you can use that. Uh, Feel free to also share this. And if you like uh, anyone on stage, uh, if you like what what they have to say and you want to follow them, obviously we encourage you to do so so that you can uh, see when they are talking. Uh, So you can follow them either on LinkedIn or follow them on the Clubhouse Fireside chat group or in general. Um, so there's a little greenhouse on the top left of your screen where it does say fireside chat. If you're not a member of the of the chat, click that and you can join uh, as we do this every Wednesday, and you'll be able to be alerted and add that to your calendar and you can see our future guests. Uh, and you can also look at the prior or listen to the prior replays. Uh, so just a quick uh, ground rules, if you will. Uh, let's have fun. We'd have a good evening this evening. We've got Mike joining us. I know Mike is Mike, you and I have been trying to connect. Uh, I'll say one on one for a while, so, uh, let's just say this is a one-on-one conversation. It's just I invited everybody here to uh, to listen to a one-on-one conversation, but it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Um, so let's have fun. Let's have a good evening. This is Wednesday. It's been a long week. Some of us are are, are going through different sort of things in our in our day life. Uh, let's use this as a de stressor moment, if you will. So in that vein, if you are a vendor, whether uh, on stage or you pop up on stage or in the audience, and you do come up and you want to sort of sell us on your product or your solution we'll ask that why don't you save that for another time uh come back to us and a different sort of for in a different form not today to sell us on your latest and greatest solution um today we really want to spend some time getting to know mike learning about his origin story really sort of understanding how he became who he is and and his sort of journey to where he is today so if we think about it from that aspect It'll, it'll be a, a probably a, an enjoyable conversation. There'll be some leadership advice, some good uh, mentoring gems, if you will, uh, that you can take away. So uh, just keep that in mind. And then for the majority of us, uh, our comments and opinions are our own and do not represent our current or prior employer. Uh, so just also please act and keep that in mind. So, Mike, I'm going to go around the room. I'm going to introduce. We're going to introduce ourselves. We'll leave you for last. So I'm Tomas Maldonado. I'm the CISO for the NFL. Uh, Russell, over to you.
2: Hey, Tomas, always great to be here. And as Tomas said, uh, great uh, encouragement to put on your schedule every Wednesday night from 8 till 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Always a phenomenal conversation. Tonight will be no different. Russell Eubanks, former CISO for the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. Last couple of years, been running my company, Security Ever After. Uh, Katie, over to you.
5: Hi, everyone. Good evening. I'm Katie Hannahan. I am the VCSO and um, VP of Cybersecurity Strategy for IT Savvy, a boutique um, system integrator out of Chicago. Uh, Lisa Beth, over to you.
4: Hello. Hello, everyone. My name is Lisa Beth Lentini Walker. I'm the CEO of Lumen Worldwide Endeavors, which is a compliance ethics and corporate governance consulting firm. I teach law school in the United States and in Europe. Um, and I'm also an author, and I'm just excited to be here tonight with Mike. Over to you, Hussein.
6: Good evening. Good evening, Michael, as well. Welcome to the Fireside Chat. Uh, my name is Hussein Syed. I'm the CISO at RWJ Barnabas Health here in New Jersey.
7: Uh, over to you, Anil. Thanks, Hussein. Uh, this is Anil Barkees. I am currently serving as a VCISO for two firms and a former five time CISO across uh, various industries. Back to you, Janos.
0: Sounds good. I'm just
7: looking at this, at the uh, closed caption
0: when we say CISO, it, it puts it as C-I-C-O instead of C-I-S-O. So that's interesting. I wonder if we say CISO, will it, uh, will it spell it correctly? But anyways, aside from me having fun with the closed caption, sorry, Katie, go ahead.
5: Oh, I was going to try it. What did you say if we say CISO? How
0: did you- yeah, no, if, you, if it says CISO, it
5: shows up S-I-S-S-O. Oh, interesting. Mm. Well, I just mm-hmm. thought I'd give it a or- try. I like okay. new toys, you
0: know, I'm a nerd. Sorry. Uh, I wonder if we could do, uh, if we can, if there's any programmers in the room and you, can you do a SQL injection through the closed caption or, or some sort of, anyways, let me stop. I'll take off my, I'll leave my white hat on and take off any sort of black or gray hat. Anyways, Mike. Thanks for joining us this evening. We're happy to have you. Uh, like I said, you and I have been trying to connect for, for quite some time now. So yeah. I invited you to our fireside chat to really have a conversation. You know, So why don't you take a moment and introduce yourself to the audience?
1: Sure, Hey, first of all, thank you. I appreciate it. And I think the last time I saw you, Tomas, I was in the Shark Tank with you and Hussein and a number of other peers as well too in New York City, uh, pre-COVID. So it feels like a long time and this is my first time actually on uh, clubhouse, I was invited by my friend Michelle uh, a few years ago, but never had the opportunity. I think I see stuff popping up. Anyway, I appreciate the time. Thanks everybody. I'm Mike Fabrico, I'm the virtual CiSO at a new startup in the autonomous security space called Horizon 3 AI. Uh, a little background, uh, how I you know if I think about how I got my start years ago. I grew up in New York City in a small borough called the Bronx. I was born and raised there um and my father was driving uh chauffeuring livery cabs back in the day and he happened to be the driver for the ceo and the cmo of a very large bulletin board service called prodigy so it's funny my father is driving the the woman who created the star if anybody remembers prodigy bbs along with CompuServe and Amer- america online in those those days uh it's very interesting so the question came up as my father was driving her to the airport uh, from White Plains, New York, into JFK, asking if we have a computer at home. My I was like, no, we don't. And uh, started doing a little research, getting into like Tandy computers and things like that. Um, and we wound up getting a lifetime subscription to Prodigy at that time. So I was young and I enjoyed it. And I started dabbling in on... BBSs. And then I wanted to run my own BBS and uh, started uh, writing code on a Commodore 64 for Vision BBS. And to think about a mail server at 720K uh, today is like, you know, but for an 11 year old kid growing up in the city and trying to uh, understand how things work in communication. And I started looking at 900 megahertz surfing because I was finding documents on BBSs that I was downloading. And uh, then I was looking at voicemail boxes and pages at that time. And I lived again in the city and you had some large hospitals. So uh, interesting what you could pick up on the airwaves or something with the code one, two, three, four on your phone, uh, DTMF, right? So started getting into uh, things like ham radio and understanding how communications work So I started to really love that and went to school and did IT and started working in places like CompUSA and Computer Renaissance for anybody that remembers that uh, in the break-fix. So I really loved computers at the time. I got a degree in IT um, and MIS, Management Information Systems, and uh, did some consulting work in hospitals like Montefiore. Uh, Again, break-fix, printers, HP, laser jets, and so forth. And then I found my passion in uh, financial services. I got my first financial services job consulting, uh, coming out of uh, the Yellow Pages, R.H. Donnelly, again, doing help desk and ho- security wasn't big back then. Um, so started working through that and found my love for you know trading floor and equities and fixed income and started doing move air changes. And then I went over to Morgan Stanley, Dean Witter at the time, um, and uh, 9-11 happened. I was working in Tower 256 floor and, uh, you know, spent some time there. And after 9-11, three days working straight, we uh, moved 36,000 pieces of equipment, uh, executives who had offices in the towers. We were the largest tenants. We, we had them piled up into conference rooms and so forth. I'll never forget a lot of my peers that I worked with, I ate with, slept with all together inside uh, in those rooms and those command centers, uh, the old IT days and so forth. Um, and then after 9 11, I was put into 195 Broadway and just overseeing the Iron Cross every day and the ringing of the bell from the remains and coming out of my building uh, on Broadway. Uh, for everybody who was standing on the platform, overlooking ground zero at that time. Uh, There was an opportunity at SAC Capital Hedge Fund and Steve Cohen was moving into uh, his own building. They were basically building it. So I spent a number of years there working on that project. And that was pretty exciting too, very fast paced, but I got to learn a lot about market data and so forth. Not knowing security was gonna be something in my future after leaving SAC and going into the commodity space and working with power traders, oil, uh, gas, commodities, and so forth, I, uh, I, I really started to understand more security. Companies were starting to come up more firewall outside of the, the standard picks, right, the Fortinets of the world. And uh, I came across my first, the actually, my first ever variant, of the debt net D variant and McAfee took about three days to come up with a definition file. But at that time it propagated throughout our trading floor. And computers had to be rebuilt. So we worked all weekend long and technology was refreshed and uh, you know all those windows systems. And uh, after that, uh, my management team came and they'll was, Hey, Fabrico, do you want to run our SOC? I'm like, Okay, what is that? (laughs) You know, not not knowing those terms at that time, uh, they like we need somebody for security. And I took a major interest in that. I loved it. Uh, Again, I was up against just, you know, potentially unwanted programs and and, uh, you know, uh, some some viruses. But I was dealing with AOL Instant Messenger uh, type of viruses and. Uh, ways getting into the into those or into that organization itself. And uh, that was pretty, pretty fun and learning intrusion detection and in early days of ISS, for people who can remember that. Uh, that's been uh, a pretty interesting learning path for me. And then, uh, you know, I was uh, in the middle of doing mergers and acquisitions with them. RBS came in and, and a number of other folks, JP Morgan, was acquiring the precious metals business and the commodities and Society General And I was offered a job to go run security infrastructure out of Jersey City. I was living in Connecticut. Um, I ap- happened to be at for, uh, RSA. I was on a panel with a number of my peers who are still in the business today uh, and Fortinet was hosting it. And uh, NASDAQ happened to have a breach in 2010. I was called in. Uh, spoke with the CISO at the time, and from there my career kind of went in a whole different direction. I turned down the opportunity to go work with Societe Generale, the French bank, and I gladly accepted Nasdaq, not knowing that you know security can lead into business. Because if I take six years of leading security uh, globally at the Nasdaq, um, it was not about just. You know, protecting national critical infrastructure—it was business. It was the next cybersecurity IPO on Wall Street, and who was going to have that? Was it the New York Stock Exchange? Was it NASDAQ? And I got to learn more about Silicon Valley startups, meet a lot of VCs, and uh, the private market side. So that piqued my interest actually more than the cybersecurity stuff at the time, and uh, from there um moving into startup world, uh, where I met probably most of you or some of you here, um, it's 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 changed my life, right? So I've learned a lot about being on the other side and on the corporate side and learning how to build companies and and adding value. And today for hobbies, I, I, I tell a lot of my peers that I love doing research, right? I like looking at a lot of technologies and a lot of problems and then looking at those technologies and how do we solve the problems in those particular categories within uh, that organization's projects, right? That From the biggest pharmaceuticals, manufacturing, healthcares, retails, and so forth. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of, a lot I do during the day uh, and a lot I do during the weekends as well too, but high level, I mean, I hope I didn't put anybody to sleep, but that's kind of like my past and moving into the future, and now it's a, a rocket ship uh, with Horizon Three. Oh, That's
0: awesome, Mike, and so much data to unpack. And and you answered my first question, which was what was your origin story? I didn't even have to ask. Uh, how how would I know? You know, a, a, a sort of uh, what you call you? You're like you're like almost a brother to me from the Bronx, <laughs> man. I grew. I, am, know, a I, do, I yeah. am a brother. Yeah you know i i i grew up in the Bronx born and raised in the Bronx so i i uh, a lot a lot there to unpack between Bronx between prodigy between iss oh man yeah. so pagers you mentioned pagers that yeah. was uh so look uh thank you for that sort of backstory if you will um i'm I'll pass it over to russell russell any anything you want to ask uh, Mike
2: oh my god so um Tomas, what you were saying there earlier, you know, pagers, I miss ISS so much back in the day. Prodigy, I think the first time I ever connected to the internet. Just so many memories of things that, uh, I'm just surprised we've not met before this evening, but Mike, definitely appreciate you being here. Question I like to ask and it's something I, I talk about a lot is you know advice of, you know, get wisdom as cheaply as you can. How can we learn from others? What lessons um uh, have we encountered that have made us be a better security leader? So I, I wanna ask that uh, of you. What's what's one thing you've learned at some point uh, that you put into practice, uh, that you could possibly share with us, so that we can get some wisdom as cheaply as we can from some part of, and some story uh, that you've talked about uh, perhaps before.
1: Well, I mean, from a wisdom perspective, I don't, I don't know how much wisdom I give you, but I can tell you what works for me is I'm, I'm constantly networking, right? Uh, it's the little things, right? I take an hour a day out of my life, and you know, somebody's birthday pops up. On LinkedIn, uh, I'm always wishing somebody a happy birthday. I congratulate everybody in my fifteen thousand plus people in my network and growing. Um, I, I take that time. I, I like to consider myself a super connector. I'm always there to help no matter what. It it doesn't matter. It's it's not about uh, anything other than just helping people. You know when when there's need to help, right? So I, I understand. The day job and then i understand the people right it's uh, i have my guys it's i'm always about you know how can i help you how can i serve you right i i do that and i define that um for me personally it just it makes me connect better with people um within cyber within technology because i am connecting you know on the business side i'm connecting on the the vc side i'm connecting on the the cso side and then i'm getting connected from a uh Hey, Fabrico, uh, we were just hit with ransomware. Can you help us? We don't know what to do, right? Um, So a lot of people buy tools and they implement tools and then things happen. Uh, I was just dealing, I'll give an example. I was just dealing with a very large manufacturing company, um, mentoring the CISO and what's going on in Ukraine, right? Has a plant sitting in Ukraine and next door is an office building and their backups are sitting in the office building and that building got demolished. So strategies, you never know that this stuff can happen. So I, I think if if we can talk more, and I, and I love the fact that you guys do a fireside chat, and you asking questions like that, because, you know, I think in every conversation, there is a piece of knowledge that somebody could take and, and use in their day to day life. So I'm hopefully that answers your question. Um, I'm just trying to give some scenarios for my part no
2: i appreciate that mike and i tell you i wrote that down be a be like mike be a super connector love that so much uh, katie over to you my friend
5: great hi mike nice to meet you um so listen there's a lot of unpack about your background um so i have a question and i i honestly, I don't know you very well but you said you're a super connector you seem pretty open i want to ask you a question um mm-hmm. many people who survived 9 11 have also come out of that experience, being able to make split-second decisions. Um, there was even a Wall Street Journal article, I literally was reading over the weekend, um, talking about that. Um, how much did that experience for you and having to rebuild an organization impact your trajectory into the security space and making those split-second decisions that we have to do as practitioners every day?
1: Wow, you know, nobody's ever asked me that, but I can tell you, thinking back, um, it was it was rough. I mean, I can, you know, being real now is, you know, I had a hard time sleeping. I was dreaming of like spiders, like ca- crawling on me. My wife is waking me up in the middle of sleep, like, you know, leave me alone. I'm sleeping. You know? So uh, it, it definitely had impact uh, because I was f- feeling it. Um, I, I was in the middle of it um, from from making decisions. I could tell you since then, uh, I listened to my gut. Um, if, if, if I don't feel something's right, I, I go with that, uh, as best as I can. Um, but making fast decisions, you know, sometimes you wonder, right. It's like, where do those decisions come from? And, you know, like wh- why some people make it and why don't some people make it. So I, that's a, Uh, That that's a deep one there.
5: (laughs) Yeah, I know. Sorry, it's a little heavy for the second question. But I couldn't help myself because I, it was an article that I had pulled, it was, you know, September of last year, and it was really more related to people in the financial services industry in general. But I thought, well, that, you know, when you said that, I thought that that might, you know, be something that is just part of your DNA that has impacted the the decisions that you make every day in this industry as well. So yeah, I appreciate your transparency there. I didn't mean to pry too much into into that, but I, I
1: I, I enjoy that. I just don't know how deep of uh, I can go with that because uh, you know, like over COVID, you know, I know we had a lot of these social settings and these happy hours over zoom and it became second nature. And I've been learning a lot about, you know, the lifespan itself and, understanding data and looking at app companies like Apple and Amazon, looking mm-hmm. to build hospitals and getting all that data. And, you know, we talk a lot about IoT, right? Securing IoT, especially in the medical space. But what about, you know, Internet of humans? What, how, you know, I, I love to hear what's going on, like at Harvard, in the medical and, and, and the technology space where they're coming back with information saying your data, you know, if you have it wearable, you know, your doctor can predict your heart attack a month before. That excites me, you know, to, to know that because uh, yeah. that that definitely, you know, what, what about technologies? We all carry devices in our hands. We're connected to these things. What if something was going on at Grand Central and then we can be diverted to go somewhere else because we get some piece of information and now thinking quick and never not trusting it? How many times people... And I know it happens to me all the time. I'm driving, you know, go getting ready to, you know, there's always traffic on, on the, on the Bruckner or somewhere going into Jersey. I meet a lot of folks out there for dinner as well. And Wade says, Hey, get off here. And I'm like, oh, no, no, but then I get stuck in traffic because I didn't trust the data. Right. So it, we're going to come to a point where we're going to trust the data. We're going to trust ourselves. And then, um, you know, we'll be able to make smarter decisions. I don't know if that aligns Katie what you're saying. I think saying, it does but, yeah.
5: yeah you know I think and I I love that um, you introduced a new term to me as well with you know internet of humans because I think that's really what I was getting at with the question is how much of that is part of your DNA as a, a security practitioner but I guess with the internet of humans um, we would begin to get you know that you know aggregate that data not with just our own um, grassroots uh, you know aggregation of what we're reading and in, in various research articles or in the wall street journal but actually right. you know in in the data of of humans. That's fascinating. Um, But with that, um, yeah, thank you for digging into that with me. And um, we should potentially, you know, a year out, talk about the next startup that you found that's doing the Internet of Humans uh, research. We can talk about that. But with that, uh, Lisa Beth, what's your question for
0: Mike? We'll be able to talk, we'll be able to talk about that in the metaverse, Katie. Oh, yes, of course. There you go. I want to
1: know all about that. People are talking about NFTs and Bitcoin, <laughs> and they, can you wire money to China? I'm like, tell me about this because it's coming. Educate me. If I got to spend money, I want to learn because I'm, I'm like a sponge. I do love this stuff. Um, you know, I love security. It, it gives me a great uh, reason to wake up every day and, and add value. But then there's the inquisitive part of me that wants to just learn more. And I know the more data that's out there and there's people on this in this room right now that's thinking about securing people's medical data health records right this is on the forefront of their boards and so forth so it's coming it's here it's just like okay how how do we as security practitioners how do we help solve those problems right
0: Oh, I, I know I know Russell and I are chomping at the bit to talk about NFT, so we're happy to talk about that anytime we can. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> if
1: I gotta take a selfie Tomas, of myself and you guys can sell it, I'd love it. Hey, <laughs> make, make sure
0: you spill something I'd on your it. on yourself. Make spill like spill like some milk on your head or something. Take the selfie. Sure. Anyways, coffee. Uh, Lisa Bev My over to you.
1: Coffee. <laughs>
4: Well, this has been a really interesting start to our day. Um, I'm gonna just take a couple seconds here to do a quick room reset. Um, We try to do a room reset every half hour-ish. This is the Fireside Chat. You are with us having this conversation with Mike today. Um, If you are new to this room or to the Fireside Chat in general, just take a moment to click on that little greenhouse at the top of your screen. And uh, join the club and find out when all the, the upcoming events are are happening. It's Wednesday nights. Um, we start at 8 p.m. Eastern and go for usually about an hour and a half. Um, so, Mike, I'm glad that we're getting to have this conversation today. One of the things that I wanted to ask you is, you know, you kind of called yourself a, um, a super connector or super node, Right. Um, That person that continues to connect with others. One of the things that um, I think is interesting is that it seems to me like some of the ways that we used to connect uh, pre COVID are, are very different now, and some are very similar. What are your views on how best to connect with people today? And for some of the people who are maybe um, you know at different points in their career journey, what's the best way to leverage mentoring, and and what's your approach to that? So it's a kind of double pronged wow. question.
1: Wow, that's that's uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, because I'm you know from the moment I, I open my eyes and put my feet on the ground and and thank the universe for another day breathing, um, because we we can't take that for granted, right? We've come through COVID. I was at RSA a couple of years ago, and one of my good friends was the first in the state of Connecticut uh, to be induced in an eleven-day coma on a machine, and two babies at home, twins, and right. So I'm I'm thankful that you know I was healthy through it and so forth, and medical science and vaccinations, and you know not going against anybody's beliefs, but this is this is my belief. So connecting, um, I, I think. You know, I'm a big component of of LinkedIn. I I like to read things that people write um, and and talk about, and I like to understand those. Uh, I guess I use technology like everybody else to connect with people uh, via social media, emails, text. We're bombarded with lots of stuff. Uh, Coming to Horizon 3, I got my first experience with Slack and learning Slack channels and and, and a lot. To take in and then you have to stop and think okay what are we doing to take breaks so i'm trying to influence my team to have social channels right like i, I mentioned it briefly like I, I coffee espresso pulling that perfect espresso shot at my home barista bar right i i i enjoy that right now i like to take pictures of that show that to the team i like to have breaks over Slack and just invite the team or people to just take a break when we have some time to take a break. Um, so now I'm starting to see the yoga channel, the Peloton channel, this like those kind of things. I think people interacting uh, not only with fitness, health, uh, and using technology to wrap it all together. I think it's great. I, I love seeing uh, some of my developers who, who run. Um, they they put their charts, you know, this how many miles they showed a map. Everybody lives in a different place. So uh, I, I think that those are some good ways. I don't know if that totally answers your question, but I'm thinking about how we, uh, how we use technology in a social setting um, to get some of that, I think.
4: Love it. Love, uh, and, and I think it's important as we kind of navigate this, this world to figure out like what's changed and what's still the same. So thanks for sharing that, Mike. Hussein, over to you.
6: Hey Mike. How you doing, buddy? Hey Bob. Change gears a little bit. I'm gonna ask you, what is Mike Fabrico like to do for fun? What is the type of volunteer work does he do? What does he do to give back? And what's its hobbies? Wanna get to know you a bit.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, well out besides uh not hitting the wineries anymore, like I was back in the day in Napa and so forth. Um, hobbies, uh, I, I, first of all, I love uh, just, like I said, uh, you know, doing coffee. It, it's, it's a pretty interesting hobby. It, it's fun. It, it gets me going. I love to read. Um, I'm always, you know, reading different things. Uh, just recently, I signed up to Apple News, and it's become uh, an addiction for me. So I'm looking at different things, and, you know, I'm constantly, you know, scamming through the New York Times and the Wall Street Journal and so forth. So uh, that's pretty fun. Um, my family is, is, uh, is, is something that I cherish. I have a 14-year-old daughter. I'm married for 21 years now. And uh, my daughter is a, a, a freshman in a preparatory high school so it's uh pretty fun to watch her change from this in my mind i have this little baby learning to walk and you know daddy this and daddy that into this teenager so i'm having i'm having that period in my life saying you know why did somebody tell me this you know like when she has a bad morning and she doesn't want to talk to me it's like what did i do wrong so i just learned to just be quiet and do my thing and sometimes she listens to me take calls in the car and so forth so um yeah I I haven't had much of a vacation um a lot of my vacation is I work on vacation too I try to check in and you know I think we're all connected uh in some shape or form so yeah
0: I was gonna say you have kids that actually call you and, and and acknowledge you that is amazing Mike
1: yeah so you know Tomas I I even though I pay for a private bus I take it upon myself to wake up in the morning make her breakfast. I help her get out the door. I take her to school. I spend 10, 15 minutes on the road with her. She's got her AirPods in her ear listening to some Britney tune, and I'm listening to the news or the radio or something. So um, I try. I try. Some days she wants it, and some days she's like, I'm not having it. So
6: uh, Tomas, you missed
1: it. 14, not 18. He's got four years of... uh yeah. Oh! I'm calling you guys. You guys got experience. Please help me.
6: I was about to
0: say I, I saw my son the other day. I, I, I know he was here because the food in my fridge was empty. <laughs> so two more
6: quick questions, Mike. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
6: Yankees or Mets?
1: Come on, Hussein. You and I met at the at Yankee Stadium.
6: There you go. All right. The next one is just another quick one. Jets or giants. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jets.
6: All right. We'll forgive you for that. Hook you up with Matt Petty <laughs> one day.
1: Yeah. And well, out, I, did have, I did have Frank Sacco work for me once. Frank uh, got drafted from Fordham University into the NFL to the New England Patriots. I'm not a Patriots fan, but, you know, I, it was nice to learn a lot about his NFL story. And I had him give a talk with a, within a group in New Jersey a couple years ago. So Frank Sacco 1.0. The frank sacco 2.0 and it was an amazing story that you have no idea what really happens in the nfl i know tomas might have some inkling but you know when somebody you know destroys their leg in a game and and it's their career is over it's like coming out of the military never knowing you know civilian life so it's a it's game changer for those folks too so my heart goes out to even those nfl guys
6: yeah, we only read about LT in
7: the news. Over to you. <laughs> thanks, Jane. Mike, thanks for joining. I Appreciate the background insights, to your story. I think a lot of us are sharing flashbacks from uh, your your history in compute and technology. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you was, you know, you have that, you know, you know, Exhibit A of growth mindset that seems that thirst for learning. How do you convey that that passion? Uh, just for engaging learning with your teams that you've been part of.
1: Oh man, uh, that's that's interesting. It's not only about the work. Like this morning, we were just uh, my team. We were on uh, we were on an overview call, and I'm like, God, who bought who bought CrowdStrike last week?" And they were like, "Not us." I'm like, "Well, look what's going on, you know, from a uh, from a financial services from from the market itself, right?" So. Um, we're constantly having those conversations. I think if if people take the time to move away from the work itself and have those conversations about things they enjoy, because I enjoy having those conversations and, and, and they do too. And then I notice some of my guys are like, hey, look what I just bought today. I bought 10 shares of this, right? You, you mentioned it. And, and I've been trying to get my guys to buy TQQQ. And then all of a sudden it's up like 20%, you know? So uh, it, it's a lot of that collaboration. And uh, yeah, I, uh, we, we, find, we find fun in it. Does that answer your question or should we go a different direction?
7: It does, it does. And, and part of that, like you said, is you know, you know, I think people seeing that, you know, firsthand from if you're, if you're your leadership, I mean, that translates down like, hey, that, you know, people get more excited and it's, it's contagious. So that's, that's great to hear
1: yeah yeah it's fun it's fun we could talk about cissp to the cows come home and all that kind of stuff but you know people want to just you know enjoy the day i think yeah
7: yeah agreed until you Donald.
0: Yeah, look, I think with all the all the stuff that's going on in the world and all the work that we got to deal with sometimes, you know, a little bit of connectedness uh, goes a long way, right? Um, right. So, look, it is, it is 8.36 p.m. Eastern Time. If you do have a question or something you want to ask, Mike, uh, and you want to pop up on stage, feel free to raise your hand and we'll bring you up on stage uh, and you can ask your question. Um, if you don't want to sort of pop up on stage and you want to ask your question through the chat, feel free to do so. We'll try to... Uh, uh read the chat and 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 direct questions there so i did see there was a question in the chat uh i think i'm gonna get the name the way this name is pronounced i don't know if it's a typo or if was, that's the way it is chanel chanel spent most of his career was a civilian he volunteered to spend time with jsoc and returned to the private side curious what's it like to work with Schne- Schne- I, I, oh, I Snehal. The- Snehal Snehal I I think of Snehal Snehal yeah, There sure. you go. All right. You got it. Uh, that was a question yeah. in the chat. Go for it, Mike.
1: Of course. So Snehal Antani and I uh, have been friends since 2010. Uh Snehal was the CIO of GE Capital and him and I served on a panel a number of years ago. Met him through one of my mentors, uh, Frank Fanzelli, Global, retired CIO, Credit Suisse versus Boston. Um, working with Snehal is interesting. I love the way he thinks. Um, there's nothing that he's he, he, he's not a know-it-all, right? He's he's a guy, I think he has a big heart. Um, he's always pushing a little harder uh, for me to, to, to be the best I could be as well, too. But our collaborations are, are so transparent. And you don't find that in CEOs, especially young founder CEOs, first-time CEOs. And and I always joke with him and say, look, Snail, you're first-time CEO. I've been through this before, right? I watch guys, the board, fire guys like you and stuff. And he's like, oh, yeah, sure, thanks. You know, you don't believe in me. And it's not that. It's just, you know, history repeats itself. And, and he's proven me wrong. I mean, it's every day I'm surprised. I mean, he's just, he, he's focused and, you know, it's... it's it's amazing to work with guys like him and Anthony Paltieri, the deputy CTO of the JSOC, different, different energy. Uh, Anthony's like, Hey, I'm your brother. I'm your family. I love you. Come into my house, live with me. Snail's like, how do we get to a billion dollars? You know what I'm saying? Two different mindsets. Uh, But I love working with both of them, Uh, you know, coming out of the JSOC. And, and I'm appreciative of all the work that they did for, us as American citizens in this country uh, as well, too. So, yeah, I um, love Snail and Atani.
0: Awesome. Thanks for that, Mike. Thanks for that. And I'm sorry I got Snail's name wrong when I was trying to pronounce it. Uh, so my bad. Um, But anyways, it is, like I said, it is 8.30, uh, well, now it's 8.38 p.m. Eastern Time. If you do have a question and you want to pop up on stage to ask Mike, feel free to raise your hand and we will bring you up on stage Uh, If it's the first time you joined us, there's a little greenhouse on top left of your screen. Right next to what it says, Fireside Chat, it looks like a Monopoly house. You can click that house and you can join the Fireside Chat Club, Clubhouse Club. Uh, We'd be more than happy to have you join the club. Uh, Ryan, thanks for popping up on stage. Anything you want to ask Mike?
3: Yeah, I do. Um, Nice to meet you, Mike. I'm Ryan. you know, before I think you said the words, I've been trying to take notes. You said something about predicting a heart attack a month early in technology. And then I was looking up um, your role a little bit, doing a little like secret spy stuff. No, not really, just reading LinkedIn. But um, I saw how it said, right? Autonomous. Uh...
0: Oh, we lost your Ryan. Oh, did you mute yourself by accident? I'm sorry. Go said, ahead.
3: So, um, what was the last thing you heard?
0: Uh, Autonomous. Autonomous.
3: Okay. So I said, I looked up, right, your role in startup a little bit on LinkedIn. I saw that it said continuous autonomous pen testing. And so my question for you is how can we be more proactive and preventative in the cybersecurity, but just in general also, right, uh, space? I think and feel like so many companies, so many things that we do are reactive. And, And we have to be because, like, the things that were the way the world works, we're always constantly reacting. We're reacting to again, right? I think you mentioned a little bit about the vaccine and pandemic, right? Not to get into the political side of it, but we're reacting to that. Um we're we're reacting to the Ukraine Russia conflict as it continues to happen. We're uh, you know reacting to just normal business operational trends, et cetera, et cetera. And so I just would love to know and hear your perspective from you know your your breadth of experience clearly including you know personal stuff like even like work stuff like as you've been sharing. And again, thank you so much for sharing about your 9-11 experience because I really wasn't sure, you know, that that to me was just such a surprise um, to hear. And I don't wanna say in a good way, but you know, I, I really appreciate you sh- being able to share that. So I hope that sure. question makes sense yeah, no, thank you for anything, anything you can yeah. say.
1: Yeah, no, it makes it makes sense and thank you. I appreciate it. And, and I love being in, in, in a session where I could be myself Right. I don't have to talk specifically about something. A lot of times it's specific questions and it's in our space. And it's, you know, why do you think companies are being hacked? And what do you think the next big hack is? It, it It's that it, it, it's whack a mole, right? We 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 all done it. I, I mean, I've I, I've seen the Russians and the Iranians and distributed denial of service attacks where I can't handle it. Right. So I, I've, I've been in that in those shoes and I've been in a number of other ones as well, too. Um, so. You know, from an autonomous perspective and i think you know if i can say to you know the CISOs and, and the practitioners on this on this chat room it's it, it's about you know verifying doing those checks don't don't always just depend on your, your patch management right don't you know find better ways to alarm i mean i'm talking to a number of CISOs i'm engaged in a number of organizations across financial services healthcare manufacturing, and so forth right It's things like understanding, like your endpoint solution, right? For as an example, if it's down, know about it. Don't don't wait for an audit or don't wait for somebody to come in and do offensive cyber in your environment. And it's like, oh, we didn't know it was down for a month, right? It's like things like that, you know, because I, I think a lot, myself included practitioners, we can become you know, lazy at, at some points, right? And misconfigurations, I see them all the time. Years ago, we, they used to say, what's the problem? The problem's between the chair and the screen, right? That's what we used to say when we had a desk job, right? That kind of stuff. And then, you know, looking at, you know, better, you know, taking hygiene. And and I think we've all done great jobs, you know, doing phishing campaigns, right? And educating our, our employees and our peers on, You know be more diligent and what not to click on but then we still use company name one two three exclamation for a password right we're still not using multi-factor you know and and these cracking harness are getting better i'm seeing 50 character passwords that look crazy being cracked by these cracking harnesses if we give them enough time because we're not stopping and nobody's seeing the events at a certain period of time to say hey something's going on here, right? You're giving guys like us who look at the environment, through the eyes of an attacker, you're giving us time because there's no roadblocks to to slow it down. And I see it too often, even in environments that have unlimited security budget. I go into environments that have little security budget. And then I go environments that I'm the CISO, CTO, CIO, help desk, and the janitor at the same time. I'm doing everything because we have no budget and I can't hire nobody, right? So uh, that's going on. I'm, I'm on the board of a university for the graduate program of Sacred Heart University in cybersecurity. And I'm always speaking to uh, these students and I'm, what I, my goal is to help the ones that wanna come into our space and be the best that they could be. So we talked a little bit about mentoring. You know, I'm giving back in that case, right? I'm, I'm finding those students and I'm connecting those dots And I'm talking to some of the recruiters. I'm saying, hey, I met this student at the school. And I think this is their strong parts. I talked to their professor. What can we do? Fortinet calls me up and says, hey, could they relocate to like a company? Uh, You know, like, could they relocate from the East Coast to the West Coast? They have that conversation? Sure. All of a sudden, that person gets a job. So talk about giving back right now. I'm always looking for that. So, but not to derail and get away from your question, Ryan. I'm just trying to answer it from autonomous and what we can do and things that are going on all at the same time we have to think on our feet very quickly right we can't always trust our security controls we have to verify them constantly right you know like i don't want to say wartime but you know that that's what's amongst us even in security it's always wartime we as CISOs, we would say why didn't we do that three years ago it took this long and then something happened so uh, hopefully that answered uh, some of it. But if not, I'd love to have, you know, side conversations or however, you know, Like I, I just love talking about it.
0: Ryan, did that answer your question, Ryan?
3: Of course it did, but I always want to ask more and I try to be very respectful of my time. So I'll hop back down into the audience and if, if there's another opportunity, you know. There is another
0: opportunity. Me. Go ahead, Ryan. Are
3: you ask sure? For,
0: okay, ask
3: All right. All right. So, Mike, um, that's really helpful and that's really insightful. And I could not agree with you more. I'm just curious. So then like my next question would be like, how do you train or know? And I know we were mentioning before, like NFTs and and some other stuff. Right. How do you keep your team sharp and trained and up to date? Like, what would your recommendation be to, you know, have the best, you know, prepare right in order to prepare for a company? We have to prepare ourselves. Right. So how do you recommend or how do you go about doing
0: that?
1: You got to prepare yourself. You said it. You hit the nail on the head. Meditate. <laughs> that's the <that's> best <laughs> I can tell you. Because look, look, I'm preaching to the choir. The threat landscape changes every moment, right? We were having, uh, we were getting ready for a weekend, and all of a sudden, log for shell hits. And then the second variant. And I see some folks on here, like Alex W., and a few other folks who couldn't understand. Like, this is what they talk about and think about all day from, from an attack vector. Right, you need to keep your cool. You un, under under pressure. I find you know people either gonna crack or 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 do something and and learn something from that experience. But our threat landscape changes every single day. So um, having those basic foundations and understanding and know thyself. Um, I think that's the uh, I think that's the answer. But at the same time, in our space, you have to be Michelangelo you have to love this and you have to have an art for it, right? It's, there's a big difference between being a stick figure artist and somebody who can paint beautifully, right? Something that just like, oh my God, wow. You know?
3: Thank you, appreciate that. And thank you for letting me have my second question. Really enjoying the conversation.
1: Thank you.
0: Thanks, Ryan. Thanks for popping up on stage and asking you a question. Uh, Anita Bonds, anybody have another question? Go ahead, Ryder.
5: Here, I have one. Um, So you talked a lot about um, your career path. Um, You mentioned, I think briefly, that you are from the Bronx originally. Is that what I heard you say?
0: Yes, he did. Yeah. He said the Bronx, wanted, wanted. I heard
5: it. <laughs> That's what I thought. OK, I knew the energy from Tomas suggested you might be from the Bronx. <laughs> so, but one of the things that we talk about a lot here um, and even with, you know, my own origin story, others in the room have who've been, um, you know, the uh, person being interviewed have shared their background being very non-traditional. Mine was very non-traditional, kind of the opposite of an urban environment. I grew up in a very small town um, really not even seeing myself in, you know, any type of business role, let alone in STEM or in cybersecurity as an executive. So, um, could you share a little bit more about when you were, you know, an eight-year-old little Mike running around or Mikey or whoever, whatever you're called, um, running around, did you have dreams and aspirations to get into a certain space? What obstacles did you have? And were there any things that, happened to you in some of those primary moments of your life pre you know uh education or pre you know first job at uh you said it was rr donnelly right it was your first
1: well it was my first corporate job yeah first corporate corporate job job.
5: yeah Yeah, kind of what was that transition for you because that's for us a lot of people just don't think they can do it and we're missing out on so much great talent so that's kind of where i'm going with that question and how we can find the right people
1: this is awesome i love this you're taking me back Right. So I feel like I got to be regressed even into a past life. Uh, if Love I it. Can. We'll call you Mikey. Is <laughs> so, it
5: Mikey? Michael? What was it? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah,
1: yeah. So if that's what you want to call me. So I didn't even speak English. My first language is Italian. So my parents are from Italy. Right. So I was born and raised in an Italian house and my grandparents died of not speaking English many years later. Right. And we still, right. It's like, it's like that family that just, we just chose not to speak, you know, English in the house. So my first language is Italian. And then in first grade, I was, you know, we had nuns who spoke Italian. So it was easy to, a little bit easier to get by. And I started to, you know, learn English and my friends in the neighborhood. But if you say eight years old and you just spark something in my mind. So I had a set in encyclopedia. So I did have passion as a kid and my i remember my parents in my room i, I had a uh, encyclopedia americana and there were books this wasn't cd-rom or internet right so i think we're all old enough to to know know that um but it was interesting what sparked me was i was watching and i had six television channels and my antenna was pointed to the empire state building on our roof and I was watching something called QVC, and they were talking about selling a computer. And I don't know what opposed me to do this, but I cut out a cardboard box and I started making a keyboard because I saw them pressing keys, and then they're putting in five and a quarter inch, maybe it was even something bigger than five and a quarter inch floppy into a computer. And I don't even know what model or company it was. I could just see myself sitting in my living room with this big box TV with the vice scripts on the TV box that you would, because the knob broke off because we were rough kids. And then uh, I would turn the knob and then I I can, I can see them with the computer and I took floppy, uh, a loose leaf and I made a floppy and I would kind of cut a little hole in this cardboard and it's putting a little loose leaf paper in there. I think that was the start of it. And then it was like all downhill. It was more like, okay, I started reading about astronauts and in the encyclopedia and this and that. Like that that I think that all tied together for something that I had passion for, which back then we called it, hey, are you into computers, right? Uh, you know, because in my neighborhood, we, you know, I, I was on a bowling league Mondays and Saturdays for in elementary school, and there was another kid on the block with an Apple IIe. And we made our modems talk to each other. We'd call each other, the modems would pick up 300 board and we would start typing, right? So, and it was like, you know, that was a couple years later, you know, I'm taking myself from eight, maybe to 10 or 11 years old, but I'm trying to, um, there's a lot in between there, um, you know, like intercoms and things like that, that short, not, not, I don't wanna say shortwave radio, but short, distant communication um type of stuff that was non-licensed or fcc type of thing so but yeah if you you said eight years old and i started thinking about making that cardboard computer because i sourced something on qvc and i tried to make that
5: man i love that story it's so funny to think that we owe our industry i was qvc so much for your contribution to our industry think of all the things you know Um, And I love the progression too, where you said you went from, you know, that, that initial interest to then, you know, okay, you're talking to the kid down the street. Then, you know, did somebody tap you on the shoulder in high school? Was there a club that you got involved in? I'm kind of interested in that next step too, of how you got to that first corporate job. I love that it's, I love that I tapped into eight years old, Um, but where did you go from talking to your neighbor down the street? And then how'd you get into Actually, that first corporate job too. Just if you could expand it to right. a bit,
1: right? Right. I know. I'll, I'll I'll expand from there because it was great. Because um, once I had, you know, we had the family computer, which was Tandy One Thousand TL Two, I think it was, and it, I can't remember all the peripherals, but I remember it had a twenty megabyte hard drive, ISA hard drive in there. Uh, it was running Windows dot um, six dot dot six, not even six two. I think six zero at the time. Uh, I was reading through my my dad, you know, like I said, he drove. So at, they, when he didn't have to drive, he'd sit in the in the car and he'd read through. He'd highlight a lot on DOS. He was trying to teach himself DOS because he was trying to understand like what the prodigy folks were doing. And uh, you know, I, my mom would never touch it because she was afraid of technology. It was my father and then me. And then I was I was not scared. I'm like I'm running bulletin boards. I want twenty phone lines in the house. I want Hunter lines. Like how do I get this? I was trying to understand that um, that whole aspect, and then it was, it was, war games, right? And forget about going out. Like I was studying that movie over and over and over again. Where my late fees for my VHS tape at my local video store in Morris Park in the Bronx, I, I don't know how many, you know, fifty dollars I owed on that tape, right? Like I. I couldn't afford to buy the movie or we weren't really we didn't really have access to too much of that if if i got to go to like a tower records in in westchester county that was like oh my god that's what like rich people do you know type of thing so um but yeah so it, it was a lot of that it was it was bulletin boards i found friends in brooklyn queens the bronx dial up war dialing type of solution and i started making connections with those folks on those BBSs and communicating and then getting into the prodigies of the world and having those things. And uh, it was, you know, going, you know, I I had a job, I had a summer job uh, in a factory where my mom was like, you're not gonna stay home, you know, all summer and just hang out in the streets, right? So I was like, okay, great, what do I do? So she took me to her place Where they were manufacturing doorbells uh, in the Bronx, and uh, I was, it was doing a lot of work in the factory, and there was no, if you could picture, no air conditioning, so you kind of moving stuff around to get shipped into Lowe's and Home Depot, you know, doorbells, and I started to one understand how does a doorbell work, so I would stay later when pe when the union people would leave, I would stay later, and I'd rip apart a doorbell, and I would. Asked the folks, I was 16 years old. Then I would ask some of the folks, there, how does this work?" Like I, I started to learn transformer, solenoid, uh, tone, different tones. So when you hear the bell go ding ding, right? How'd that work, and how it was all constructed? And then I asked to be put into the the chimes department. It's so funny. They're like, "What's this kid want to do in the chimes department?" And I started to work the line and put the doorbell together. And then I met somebody because they started using computers and they would scan different barcodes. And they put this computer, uh, this, this rack system in a computer and the people in the chimes department would scan. And I would, I would ask my mother, what is that? And she was like, oh, every time we run 500 uh, doorbell cases and, and, and plastics that close it, you know, they, it was a whole uh, tool and die setting. Right, would compress and this kind and she's like, Every time we scan that, they the the office knows to order a thousand more, something like that. Was an inventory system. I was like, Okay, how does that and like and then I spoke I see the woman come back and forth and my mom's like, Oh, that's the lady that's working on the inventory system. So I got to know her. She was an older woman and uh, she was great. And I said, How does that work? And she said, Oh, that's a bomb. I'm like, What is a bomb? She goes, Oh, Bill of Material. That's how the purchasing So I spoke to the head purchaser and then I met the guy who put the Unix system, the SCO Unix. That was my first introduction outside of Windows and Commodore 64 Basic and so forth. So I started to learn that and I went to Barnes and Noble and I bought every book on Unix, Unix for dummies, all this kind of stuff. And I started learning commands. And then um, I asked to be connected to that system. So this, this the consultant who built it actually um started talking to me about it and letting me run some commands and he told me different things and i started verifying them in the book right like that kind of stuff and then one day something happened and then he came over and he talked to my mother he's like hey where's your son we were talking he goes hey i need pk on zip i'm trying to do something i'm like oh i got it on my bulletin board so i went to his computer and i dialed into my bulletin board and i downloaded it with x modem as the protocol and you know it changed my life because after that he spoke to the owner and he's like this kid doesn't belong in the factory he belongs in here trying to understand how this this works and technology right he's got a passion he goes how many 16 year olds have bulletin boards that I, i was able to get so it's like a week later i started working in the office right with those folks and i started to really learn how the bomb works and and being able to you know do stuff within unix and their program and it was constantly being up to date and you know they were trying to put technology into this factory that was done by paper now it's done by computer and they're trying to automate it of the early early 90s basically You sleep it. sleeping? I am not sleeping. No, now. I'm
5: not. No, sorry. No, I just thought Tomas might do a quick room reset. But I what I will say, if I could, before we do the reset, we normally reset at the top of the hour. And we uh, we have a, a person from the audience who's joined us on stage. So Nabil will come to you next. Um, but I would say, you know, in hearing that, I love that you were i would say and this is the most affectionate way geeking out on your origin story you know you really leaned in to the technology that was in front of you whether it was when you're eight at q you know watching qvc and making the technology and mimicking it and then actually digging in and getting to a place where you're understanding the connection to the business and it, i love too how you're the story how you expanded more on how you got here connected to one of the first things you said at the top of the hour, which was that you're a networker. Well, right. how did you achieve the success that you have in this industry? Well, it it's seemingly started when you were 12 years old and talking to the kid down the street on your modem, you know, so that's right. it's just, I love that connection and that uh, then you expounded on your origin story. So um, thank you for that. I loved it. I just was slow on coming off mute.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, no, thank you. Yeah. I don't ever get to talk about this much. Nobody cares about that Mike Fabrico, in most cases, people care about what are you going to do for me? How much can you make me? Where can we go? Who's going to buy this company? When are we going to build the next one? I never get to tell that, right? It's like, you know what? Now I'm thinking I should maybe write a book you know, and, and tell totally. the story and maybe it will help somebody else. And, you know, it, was, it wasn't given to me. That That's what I can tell you. And it was never a point in my life where I said, you know, having an odd job that I'm, that's what I, you know, I'm going to go. I never diverted away from technology. Something kept drawing me in technology because you go from there to helping somebody run Cat5 because somebody connected me with their brother who owns a a consulting company for a construction company. So I was running Cat5, not too far from the Whitestone Bridge in a factory, right? That led to me getting something else, uh, which led me to a computer store run, you know, that was closed on a Friday uh, and Saturday and open on Sunday and they'd shuffle them in from Brooklyn and, you know, and, and you know, we'd sell Packard Bell and that was Packard Bell certified and HP certified. I'd do that break fix that led me into the comp USA. You see it was like that led me into like a coffee cyber cafe where kids would have birthday parties and do play shoot 'em up game, Doom Zoom, that kind of stuff in a coffee setting of the time cuz at that time you know early like somewhere in the late 90s it was about cyber cafes and connecting people on america online and you know so i always somehow found the drawn way into staying with computers right we never talked about it wasn't a career cyber wasn't a career it was just computers that led us into a technology which led us into consulting which led us into building companies that solve real life security problems.
0: Awesome, Mike. Awesome. Uh, j- there's something to be said if you've never experienced a Britannica encyclopedia, you haven't lived until you've experienced <laughs> one of those <laughs> right. something to be said about that. Oh man. And if your bookshelf didn't break because you had too many series of the Britannica encyclopedia, then you definitely haven't lived. Uh, but no, that that's awesome, and that's why I love that origin story question. And and Katie, thanks for sort of uh, leaning in there and, and and getting Mike to open up even further on that. So that was that was awesome, uh, going down that memory lane with you, uh, Mike. Really quickly, uh, I do want to ask you one question, and I'll pass it yep. over to I think sure. it's uh, Nabil or, N- or Nabi. Uh, if I said it wrong, I'm sorry, but hopefully you can correct me. Uh, quick room reset. Again, this is our. Weekly fireside chat. We do this every Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern Time to about 9:30 or so p.m. Eastern Time. If you have any questions that you want to ask Mike, raise your hand. We'll bring you up on stage. We're gonna again conclude like around 9:30 or so this evening. Uh, I did. I, I I forgot to mention this, Hussein, and and others. This is so tomorrow will be a year that we've been doing this. So we've been doing this every Wednesday for an entire year since March 10th of last year. And our very first guest on the show, guess who it was? Hussein, do you remember who it was? Oh, Hussein's letting me down here. He's away. He went. He took a bathroom break. It was Hussein.
6: It was no, I'm stupid, man. I was running back to the phone. It was me. (laughs) It was you
0: because I was supposed to be the first guest, and something happened with me that I couldn't do it. No, you got scared. You, I didn't want to be an agro candidate here, brother. You know, (laughs) I, I probably did get scared. I didn't want to be the first one to go, but um. Hussein was our very first guest, and we've had uh, what is that? It's fifty-two weeks in a year. We've had a good fifty-two people since then. I was gonna, wow, I was so, gonna
1: take a guess. I was gonna say Larry Whiteside Jr. for some reason.
0: Uh, I think he was probably number three or number two on the, on the <laughs> list. But we've definitely had all. We've definitely had just about everybody that's a moderator. We've had them. Uh, uh, sitting on a fireside chat, so it's it's uh, Can it's I say I'm awesome 100? year? Can I be one number number one hundred? You can say it. It won't be true, but you can say wow, it. Wow, fifty-two, right? Is it what fifty-two? <laughs> you're, you're number fifty. Uh, yeah, you're number fifty. No, you're fifty-three. I think I don't know. We're, 52, we're gonna have to go right, back yeah. and look at the uh, yeah, awesome all awesome. Uh, oh,
1: good. But I love this. This is great. This is, I'm so happy to be here, guys. You, you, you this is the best therapy anybody can ask for it honestly it's just opening up and it's i, I had one of those days today and I, I feel so much better now
0: that is spectacular man that makes that put that, that warms my heart i feel good about that I'm happy that you uh, that you feel yeah. good so uh N- nabil or, N- or nabi please help me pronounce your name right uh you can unmute your mic and uh, anything you want to ask mike
8: Yes, uh, it's Nabil, and you had it right at the beginning, so uh, I hope you guys hear me
0: yep we hear you loud
8: and clear all right so i'm your friendly neighbor from the north in canada especially montreal the french side Mm -hmm. so very interested and and i am always looking forward for this wednesday evening uh, listening to all of you guys it's really really pleasant just to say big up to you guys it's a really great work that you guys are putting here so my question for you is as from a maturity standpoint, from a cyber world here in the corporation, Canada Corporation, it's it's we are I'm finding more and more uh, some like we are lagging behind on, on, on and I work in, in, in major, major companies here. My question is around what is the mindset that you have when you have to address those tough questions around a uh, mid management? So when you have to have those tough questions with senior leadership within the organization around uh, deep, deep, technical challenges that may end up in in a big, uh, like, great crisis that you foresee and they don't understand the value of bringing those, 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 those issues ahead and hiding it behind other topics around, like, let's redefine the undefinable things around, let's see it from a risk perspective from this, like, it's understandable, but we can't avoid the elephant in the room sometimes. And how, how do you and what is your mindset when you have to address those kind of
1: tough questions? Oh, that's interesting. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, that that could be tough. But I've, I've addressed those tough questions. I've presented to, to boards before. Um, sometimes seeing is believing. Um, I've, I've been approached a number of years ago, uh, even taking you back to config or keto down and up, MS 08067. Right. So, you know, when people don't understand why patching is critical, because in some cases it takes a number of folks to take a process down and reboot a system that's in production and do testing in QA, QC, right? This type of uh, environment. Right. Um, There's a reason why there's an elephant in the room, because a lot of people get burnt. Right. People... Um, trust that somebody's going to do a job. And then all of a sudden we've been there, right? We roll code out and then we have to roll it back. Right. And it's, it's like, now you have a production issue and maybe that code is being rolled back at a certain time during production hours. And now you're having multiple issues and you have to explain that change and and so forth. But um, I think it's, you know, education is, is one Um, we all make mistakes. So Understanding that uh, I think uh, is critical. And if, if people are questioning or putting security under the carpet and not exposing it, they will get exposed. I mean, we're seeing the industry move towards heavy fines, right, so um, this stuff is starting to, to come out. I'd, I'd be, I'm very curious, but I can't ask you, but I'm very curious, like, you know, what they're actually saying um for you to be asking this type of question usually it's people who either don't care or people who don't think they have a problem and you know i always say and we all say it, i think you know it's not if it's when right and when the when happens somebody's getting fired or somebody's got to an answer to that but I'm um, there's a lot of ways to answer that question there's a lot of folks in this room who are a lot more experienced than me but i'm just i'm just trying to take your question and think about it logically without attacking it from a way I would attack from an audit perspective, right. And breaking that question apart. I hope that helps.
8: Yeah, it's, I was looking more about the mindset, mainly the mindset going on those tough discussions. Like uh, like, what do you like? What's your playbook before that kind of preparation. So, so, so you're
1: asking about how do, how do you create a strategy? No,
8: uh, no, before? no, the strategy, you could create it. It's like, it's like, regardless of the audience, it's mainly the mindset. How, how do you approach those tough questions around when you have that kind of resistance around change with that kind of resistance around the importance of cyber within the organization? And how you flip the audience perspective on those risks? Oh, from a mindset right.
1: perspective i i don't know about so you I think... but it, it's hard to, it, it, a zebra doesn't change its stripes i mean it, it's hard unless they're educated and they go through that experience um i'm dealing with it with an asset fund right now um that their msp and they didn't they thought everything was okay and they didn't know what they didn't know and they they assumed that everybody was you know, doing what they were doing, everything was going fine. And then all of a sudden you have, you know, a number of issues and impacts. And now there's all this remediation, all this blue, this blue, you know, blue teaming perspective and trying to build a purple culture around that. So, uh, yeah, somebody was going to say something.
0: No, I was going to say, Mike, I think, I think what Nabil is, is, is asking is, how do you, how do you think about it? And then how do you approach it? just how do you approach those conversations? Like how do you frame it in your mind to, to be able to influence those individuals that you need to then sort of influence in one way or another? I think that's what Nabil is, is getting at when he says the mindset. Is that is that right, Nabil? Did I get it r- correct? Yeah, so like how do how do you when you when you approach that that difficult conversation or that challenging conversation, I think what Nabil wants to know is like how do you sort of internalize that? figure out how you're going to approach it and then execute on that.
7: Mm. Yeah. More Uh, like
6: how do you become them and envision why are they asking that question? Right. So
7: kind of role play there. Yeah. And
0: and I think, I think Mike, I'll help you out a little bit. I think what I heard you say and some of what you uh, mentioned, right. I think, you know, you're you're trying to uh, understand the business ideas and the business objectives and trying to, uh, in a certain to a certain degree educate them and help them understand the the risk uh, um, they're associated with whatever it is you're trying to uh, get point ac- whatever whatever specific point you're trying to get across to them you're trying to understand their business objectives but also help them educate by educating them on the overall risk so that they can uh, move in one direction or another. Um, that's what I think I heard you say, but I don't want to put yep. words
1: in your mouth. So. Yeah, no, no, that's the, I'm, I'm trying to think of the problem. Usually it's, there's a problem and then how do we solve or address that problem, fix it. And then, you know, can and not make that type of mistake again, usually. Um, so that's, that's how I was taking that question or more of a, Hey, we got this problem. They don't understand why we have to be secure. How do we change their mindset? And then how do we, usually in my mind, it's like, oh, how do we go for more budget, right? So what do we need to do? Do we need more analysts? Do we need more tools? Do we, what do we need? Do we need more people, you know, create, you know, L1, L2s, right? Are we getting enough ingested log that we can actually, I mean, there's so many different ways I think about that type of question. But when I hear that somebody's not, You know they don't want to really put a security or security is not important. I kind of get defensive and and I I start thinking you know from from my uh, critical infrastructure days. I think about it that way.
8: Great,
0: thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks for popping up on stage. Sorry, I went to drink some water, went down the wrong way. Ryan, thanks for popping up again. And Do you want to ask or contribute to the conversation?
3: Um, as always, I, I think I've been asking this question pretty routinely. Um, Mike, at what point did you realize or acknowledge, you know, that you might've wanted to be a CISO and then how long before, and I'm sorry, I'm in a noisier place than I might've been before. So I hope you can hear me. Um, how long before, you know, between realizing that that might've been something you wanted to do, did it take you to, to become that CISO and what steps did you have to take in order to prepare yourself? Or did you kind of, kind of get there and then be like, hey, I'm here
1: before really saying it's something I wanted. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it definitely makes sense. It's, uh, you know, again, you know, building building a sock inside a commodities trading company and starting to work that and really specializing and understanding intrusion detection, host based intrusion prevention and, and firewalls and analyzing access list and and then working like doing, you know, more firewall engineering work at that time, uh, doing optimization and finding, uh, at that time with the, the, the little tools I had, which is pretty much notepad and notepad plus plus and copy paste access list and rewriting those and, and, and seeing the, any, you know, where can I eliminate access, right? Is where are the, any, any rules and then how can I, you know, find, you know, tune that, right. I think engineering that. Uh, I think that's what they call it, and actually doing the work. And I found the passion for, you know, working with people and helping them learn how to build IPS and firewalls and, and working in security um, and, and endpoints and so forth. Um, I, I moved into it and it became that and then evolved into what they're calling the virtual CISO now because I get to touch Many different uh, organizations, many people. I get to advise security teams as well too. So um, I think the role of, evolves in, into the business side. Uh, I think I just kept moving that way. Not that I woke up and said, "Hey, I'm going to be the commander in chief." Of you know, I I always just you know found myself to be the guy. How what do I need to do? How do how do I refresh this this system? You know, how do we rip out? You know this legacy switch and put in a new switch and you know cat os versus ios and you know and and that kind of stuff so networking gear and always hands-on type of thing and it just morphed into CISO and people looked at me that way and and that was that was it basically it was not there was no anything you know other than just a lot of work working hard and working smart and making some some good decisions to stick it out. So
3: so then, I gotta say two things on that, right? So one is before I don't know if you saw the chat. I wanted to say piacere di consideri. I did Italian honors, so uh, happy to hear someone who can speak another language. Um, again, not sure if you can hear me because it is pretty noisy in here. But the, the thing I was gonna say. Is, so then, where do you go next? Like, what's next? What's what's like the next goal? What's what are you working towards on the horizon?
1: Yeah. so um, the next goal is to help every company in the world um, look at you know autonomous and and solving those problems and then taking this organization uh, into what I want in my heart is to IPO um, and and just become even more and look we, we all read Mandian and Google 5.3 billion and, and so forth and Right? Like this happens for good companies, good cultures, right? Building those cultures and getting those people and, and the more lives I can touch and, and help them make money for their future and their kids' future and so forth. I mean, that's what's next for me. I mean, if I can have 20 companies that I build over the next God knows how many years. Remember, superhuman gonna live forever, 180 years right this is all coming somebody's gonna 3d etch my my heart and my arteries and my spine one day so I'm gonna I just gotta keep the brain intact and you know we'll keep going but uh um, yeah that's that, that's my passion it's just uh, taking it taking the rocket ship um, you know to the next planet
0: I just got my RFIG chip implanted on my wrist so that I can make payments
1: <laughs> really quickly.
0: Well, why are you laughing, uh, Mike? Is, that's no. not a thing. That's not a I thing. I love it. I love it. <laughs> actually, I do know somebody come, that come take all your data. There you go. I, I actually do know somebody that uh, that did that. Uh, they were they're significantly younger than I am,
1: but they did do that. Yeah.
0: It's something that they wanted to do. Just,
1: hey, so when I so when I go to Trader Joe's and I flip my my Apple Watch wrist and I tap it and it pays, that's not the same thing. <laughs>
0: It it is it actually it is. Yeah. I I look I I'm not saying I understand the logic behind it, but I'm I'm just saying that <laughs> I do know somebody that has done it. Wow, I love it. Um, look, it is a uh, nine twenty one Eastern time. Go ahead, Hussein.
6: Yeah. So, Mike, a question for you. Uh, oh, how sir. did you transition out of you know the brokerage space into the commercial side that you're
1: in? You know, I met when you were at
6: TrapEx and a few other organizations. So how was that transition
1: like? Uh, that was interesting, right? It's what happened was when you're hanging around VCs and startup and and companies that are on the private markets and IPOs and early startups and watching these founders go from, you know, $10 valuation to six billion dollars in under ten years or so, and now it's getting crazy. There's so much money valuation out there. Um, it was scary at first. I gotta say, um, I, I missed the lights and glamour. It was there was something about you know every every CEO in Israel coming to have a meeting with me, and that, and then now I flip it the other way, and I'm on the other side, and I'm learning, you know, all the the what happens, you know, from a sales cycle from start to finish too. And I'm trying to understand that and I'm trying to add value to companies to solve those problems, um, you know, especially like, you know, saying you know, threat detection response in that environment. So, and then it's like, nobody wants to hear from you. Like you're a different person. So it was definitely a change for me. It was definitely a wake up call. And I had to take the ego out of myself and say, okay, I'm no longer, you know, at the crossroads of Times Square, Wall Street, right? It's, I'm no more opening, closing the market, you know, like with, you know, a national October security awareness month and so forth. right? It was totally different for me. And then it kind of felt lonely, but then slowly I progressed and I, I got to meet some great people. I got to help some great people and build my network and, and uh, yeah, so I think that was uh, that was some of the transition, and and I, I would never go back today. You know what I've learned. So,
0: hey Mike, um, being a VC, so how does that work from a liability standpoint for companies that you provide services to? Do they absolve you of that? Do they? have to uh, take on some other DNO insurance, direct and officers insurance, how does that work technically? No,
1: so no, not actually. So what it does is it gives me the ability to work it, within those organizations for um, more strategizing and, and taking bets and things like that. So um, I, I wouldn't say so much evangelizing, but in, in, in that capacity, uh, because a lot of times we're finding organizations uh, need help. They're, they're trying to try everything and figure out what works. And, and uh, so, you know, Horizon 3 gives me that ability to go out there and, and, and educate those folks. And um, so it's, it's, it's not that I'm, I'm, you know, taking the whole entire risk platform, breaking it apart and re- rebuilding that. So it's, it's, it's a little bit different interesting
0: interesting interesting um Moderator, is any 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 last questions if not i'll ask uh, i'll ask mike one of my uh, last few questions lisa beth has been kind of quiet this evening i'm surprised
4: so like been I- one of those kind of wednesdays but um it's been a good night with you mike i'm really thankful that you have been here with us in this and helping to share um one of the questions that i did have is what's the best book you're reading right now you said you're an avid reader what would you recommend to everybody
1: oh man i mean i think i'm reading three books right now Uh, i just gotta go into some of my books um it depends i mean everybody likes something different um Believe it or not, I read, uh, I, I just finished reading through Money Master, you know, the game. So little Tony Robbins there. Um, so I read through that. That was a, a long read. And I'm still, again, There's I, I always pull nuggets out of some of the financial stuff. I can always do better, right? I am always told, you know, max out your 401k and all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I think Tony Robbins puts a good perspective for people even if you have no, you know, financial experience and you want to take some money and how does it compound and so forth. Um, I finished uh, Superhuman. I don't know if anybody knows uh, Dave Espray. He's uh, the founder, CEO of Bulletproof. Um, I think we all had Bulletproof Coffee. That's how I actually found uh, this this uh, this book, Superhuman, because I was doing some searches on coffee on Instagram and he kept popping up, popping up. And it's like this, this, this coffee with, with ghee or grass fed butter and, and this kind of thing. So uh, that was good. Um, the four winds, I think that was a good book. And uh, I, I finished up a ton of, a habits. So that was uh that was an interesting read too. So um, I try to, my like my wife reads a lot of mystery but i I have a hard time reading stuff where i can't learn something i I don't know if it's just how i work but i need to learn something from the books i read and that's that that gives me enjoyment even though you know my wife says stick a needle in my eye type of thing like she needs to read you know mysteries and murder mysteries and mary higgins clark but not not me it's like i want to Um, you know, read something where I have to learn and something that's interesting. And, you know, health for some reason outside of cyber and technology, health keeps, like I can read through a health book much faster than I could read, you know, a book like on money for some reason. So hopefully that answers the book question.
4: I think that's terrific. Um, It has been such a pleasure to have you uh, here tonight. So thanks for answering that question. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I added a few of those books on my wish list, on my Audible wish list. So thanks, thanks, Lisa Beth, friend. Uh, thanks, Mike, for, for adding to my collection of books while I'm reading. Or oh, actually listening uh, as, they, as they get read to me. Mike, uh, what high school did you go to in the Bronx?
1: I'm a graduate of Christopher Columbus High School.
0: Oh, you went to Columbus. All right, all right. I'm not going to say the nickname for Columbus, but it oh, is yeah, Christopher yeah, Columbus. Yeah,
1: yeah. I know what you're going to say. I-
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I remember hitting. I, remember, I was. I remember hitting a, a baseball the, uh, to the uh, to the wall over there in Columbus. Yeah, good times oh, yeah. in high school. Right. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, Mike, so I usually ask this question of our guests, and it's, it, I like to close with this one. But um, um, it's it's the what's the one piece of advice that you would give to the younger Mike? What is it, and why?
1: Oh, the younger Mike. What piece of advice? Um, I don't know, man. Communicate, appreciate, love. Um, okay, you know, I for for some people on here that know me, like in real life. When I say real life, like people who who interact with me, there might be some people here. Like, it, it it's like I want. I'd give you a shirt off my back, right? Continue to keep giving the shirt off your back. Uh, Watch your sugar intake, carb intake, right? We're learning. Science is teaching us, you know, it's maybe it's not so much cholesterol. It's 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 uh, it's it's glucose, uh, the sugar. And and we're learning more about, you know, cells and, and the mitochondria and how cell receptors together are communicating with the food we're eating right? Uh, you know, growing up, you know, not having the ability to eat organic, right? So I would tell my younger self, hey, when you get older, man, you're gonna eat from butcher box. You're gonna get a box once a month, all the greatest steaks you love and the pork chops and the ribs, and you know, you're just gonna love it. And it's gonna be good for you, right? So like, those, those are some of the things like I, I would tell my younger self is, you know, you know stay healthy. if. if You know, like I've got off and, you know, binge eat, right, and eat nervously. And until you write down, you know, what food you're eating and taking into the temple in your body, it's like, you know, during COVID, I I, I did this experiment myself, actually. I was eating 27 times a day. I was putting something in my mouth, going upstairs, down, you know, like this kind of thing. And, and you know, it's not good. You know, I wasn't giving my body the time to, you know, get rid of that and fast it out and, you know, don't be afraid of fasting and it's okay to skip a couple of meals if you can, if you're not on certain medications that lower your glucose and, and that kind of thing. So I would tell my younger self, you know, you, you don't have to be a glutton. You don't have to eat everything. You don't have to go to every event and drink for 12 people, right? You don't have to be at every dinner, every steak dinner, every wine, you know, you don't have to do it. It's okay. You know, people will still love you for who you are. I think that's some of the stuff I would tell my younger self.
0: That's awesome. And look, that's very practical and uh, and very real, very real advice, right? Uh,
1: yeah. So
0: I appreciate that. Look, I, I definitely appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule to spend with us for, for the past hour and a half. Uh, I know what you used to say, if you missed if you missed the conversation, you missed a good one, but you can go back and listen to the replay because uh, there should be a replay on this one. Uh, so feel free to go back uh, if you missed some earlier parts of the conversation, and you know we do this again every Wednesday. This is our day before tomorrow would be the year, but we do it every Wednesday. So this is our anniversary, a one-year anniversary. So thanks for being our our special guest, guest number fifty-three on the <laughs> Fireside Chat. Uh, next Wednesday we ha- we're joined by Pam. Uh, Pam, who is the, who is a, who works at Cisco and she is a CISO advisor. So that's Pam, uh, um, man, why am I struggling right now? Pam Lindem- Linderman, 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 who is a CISO advisor at Cisco. So join us uh, next week if you, if you're inclined to, uh, we'll be back here at 8 p.m. Eastern time chatting with Pam. Uh, I, had, I got to know Pam while I was uh, getting ready for uh, for a big event over there in LA. So I had some time to spend with Pam. So it was a lot of fun. Uh, so i'm sure it's going to be a great conversation so uh mods any final words
6: great to have you here tonight michael thanks for coming on thank you
1: thanks Hussein. It. it's a pleasure man I, I actually miss you guys i it was uh, i was thinking about our time at the shark tank and uh you know i, I you know with covid and stuff but I, I did miss you guys and it's so good to hear your voices again thank you
6: you're welcome back to shark tank whenever you're ready brother
1: yeah, yeah, we'll yeah. Be, we're gonna be
6: number one again. <laughs> I think we got. I think we got a shark tank coming up, right, Hussein? In a, in yes. a couple of weeks in New it, York. Yes, it, uh, it is indeed. Yep. Uh, the
0: the exact date escapes me right now, but it is at the Lotus Club, I believe. So uh, yep. uh, I'll send you all a note, and uh, awesome. we'll see you at the shark tank. Yeah,
3: that'll be great.
5: I just want to say thank you, Mike. I, this is the first time we've met, so um, it's a pleasure meeting you, and thank you for your transparency and your story. It was just wonderful to spend the time with you tonight. Thank you.
1: No, thank you. I mean, I, I love this, and uh, I, I can't believe a year has gone by, and uh, I was just, uh, here I am, right? It's uh, I will be here next Wednesday. I will be supporting. Um, I will continue to grow with this because this is a lot different than I thought it would be.
7: Thanks, Mike. Appreciate you taking the time and the
1: insights.
2: Yep. Yeah. Mike, I'll say the same thing. You took us on memory lane, uh, reminding us of older technology, just for folks like myself that are older. Uh, and, and, and you talked about your story, and you inspired uh, me, inspired all of us, and just so grateful. And who knows? Hopefully, hopefully, knock on wood, soon we can actually meet in person someday. I would like that. I have a feeling. Uh, it would be uh, be fantastic. So, again, thanks for sharing your evening with us. It's made a great impact.
1: Great, man. Thank you. I appreciate the kind words and, um, you know, inspiring. Right. And uh, I'm I'm blessed to be here with you guys and uh, and I'll I'll make it uh, so, Russell, I, I will make it that I will meet you in person. That
0: is awesome. Uh I'm looking forward to trying to meet everybody in person at some point in time. I got to make my way out to Chicago to say hi to Katie when I go visit the, woop, maybe the woop. Bears. Got to get down to Atlanta. Got to get down to Minnesota. To see yeah. the Vikings and, uh, and, and maybe see uh, Lisa Beth. We'll take uh, you maybe...
4: anytime, Thomas. There you
0: go. So I'm looking forward to, to making the rounds. Hussein, I'm not going to Jersey. Sorry, buddy. Um... That's all right. That's all right. I'll, I'll uh, next
6: football season, I'll make you come up there. <laughs> well that, that'll be awesome i'm
0: sure i'm sure uh, it'll be fun um ryan you want to say something before we wrap
3: yeah obviously texas and just mike i don't know if you see the chat i just try to say arriva de- arriva de Um but no hello texas i just want to like make sure i voice that it's very central everyone can get there if you go to houston or dallas and san antonio like i will commute but very proud of the you know i'm from new york but you got if you come down you got to come to texas
0: We got to go to the lone star state of texas uh we will definitely make our way out there as well uh so mike i'll leave you for the final words bring us home
1: no this is incredible thank you um I, i i you know i i feel like i'm being roasted in such a honorable way and i'm appreciative and tomas thank you and when you reached out and you said we'd love to have you too it was like wow that's awesome because You know, I just, uh, I wasn't sure what this is all about and, you know, this this clubhouse stuff, but it just sounds like it's just a bunch of great people having great conversations and uh, that's it. It wasn't like zoom. It wasn't like teams. uh, You know, it just, I felt like I could be myself. And I thank you guys for giving me the ability to open up and go back to my eight year old self. And, you know, I don't even think about that much, right. I'm focusing on my daughter and, you know, getting heart transitioned and uh, I'm truly blessed to have some of the, the greatest peers in this business. And I've watched a lot of you over the years as well, uh, Tomas and, and uh, Hussein specifically, you know, and it's like, you guys keep giving back and, you know, your names keep popping up and uh, I'm, I'm honored to be in your network. So thank you.
0: No, thank you, Mike. And uh, thank you everybody for uh, tuning in. Mike, it's been a pleasure. I'll see you soon, my friend. And uh, everybody, yes, have a good evening. Have a good rest of your week. We'll see you all next week. 8 p.m. is time. Don't forget.
5: Cheers. Bye, everybody. Thank you.
0: Cheers. Bye.
5: Thanks again. Bye, guys. Bye, everyone.